All right, man. We're live right now. So, my name is Zach, and, and this am, is... And I am Steve, and you are listening to With Thunderous Applause Podcast, a podcast where two friends with differing opinions get together and shoot the shit about current events. Mostly shooting the shit. It's just great to talk to your friends. Anywho, so... What the, are we looking at tonight, my friend? Well, I don't know. What about the checking? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's check in. I feel like I we like check in. Out. Yeah, man. Well, we kind of already did that because we were working on tech stuff for like 20 minutes and we were talking uh, about easily, alternative endings easily. for Game of Thrones. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. As I just watched the first episode again as we begin to watch the entire series again <laughs> because I don't know. You know, I'll tell you something funny, Zach. Yes. I was, like, very much, like, perturbed by, like, the violence in something like Squid Games. Like, I only got through, like, the first four episodes. I Never think. watched it. <laughs> it's it's an interesting concept. It's, there's a lot of shows that are, and movies that are like that, where there's just this, like, um, the rich people hunting the poor people, or, like, putting Game poor people together in situations where... The rules allow them to murder each other. Just what was to, like, the Katniss one? Prove um, that human nature is evil. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, with Katniss. Um, uh, Everdeen. Um, uh, I know the name. I don't know anything else. You about know, if anybody watching can think of the show. You guys know um, yeah. Mockingbird or Mockingjay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like that exactly. Where it's just like a fucking blood sport arena and all that other stuff. And it read like the level of violence like really bothered me. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, oh, you know, Game of Thrones, like there's some stuff that bothers me, like especially season one. Like, I mean, the whole series, but like mm. the first couple episodes of season one are super rapey. Like that bothers yeah. me a lot. And then there's a lot of like, you know, gratuitous violence. But like, it's weird that it doesn't bother me in the same way. I think because like there's an intentional like division between the real world and fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so like, it feels medieval, but like there's fantasy elements to it. So it feels um, like fiction. Yeah. Whereas like squid games is like all these people are broke and they owe the bank a lot of money. So we'll put this, them in the situation where they can murder each other for money. And like, wait, that's my that Tuesday <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> that is too real for me in some ways. Um, plus, you know, Prison violence, man. Prison violence has always bothered me. Like a lot of other like a lot of other things. But then when it comes to like people who are just like locked up for no other reason than, you know, they fucked up on some level. Just yeah. bothers the shit out of me, you know? Like it's like no one deserves that, you know. Nobody signed up for that shit. You just happen to get caught up in a prison industrial complex that requires you to serve hard time. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yes, yeah, next, next exactly. Episode. Yeah, there's just some things that, like, no matter how hard I try, like, they just kind of, yeah, I'm not into them. Like, I like yeah, Squid yeah. Games. I thought the production value was good. The concept was interesting, but I think it hit a little cl too close to home. Whereas, like, Game of Thrones is like, ooh, that's fucking gnarly, but like, eh, it's just fantasy. Yeah, right? well, like, it's not pitting the poor against the poor and so yeah. on. Yeah, it's well, mostly the rich against the poor in that show, though. Yeah, or it, the rich against the rich, right? Like it's it, it, that's what the Game of Thrones is. is like, yeah, how do these super wealthy uh, nobles or whatever like? Well, and why are vie we for power? Why are we able to watch that more comfortably than we are, you know, watching like basically poor on poor crimes? Uh, like why 
why are we more comfortable watching these you know wealthy on wealthy crimes than we are poor on poor crimes is it just hit too far too close to home i mean i don't know i i would say a lot you know i'm just going to go out there on a limb and say like it it disturbs us on a much more visceral level because we live it day to day like that is literally your average day-to-day interaction in society is just like hey how am i slightly better than this other poor person next to me as opposed to like how can i watch these rich people fight it out right and even crimes against rich people like you know there's kind of a debate among like the I wouldn't say necessarily like left elements of the political spectrum, but there's definitely, it always comes up that the the liberals are always complaining more radical elements want to like throw bricks through bank windows and be like, Oh, you're committing violence. Yeah. Or like when the George Floyd uprisings and they, you know, are pitching bricks and they're like, Oh, you know, that's your community. Why are you destroying your community? And like the that best thing bank I ever is saw, in my community. Right, precisely. It's like, no, these are basically like corporations that have like come and colonized and they like, they, I guess they give some really shitty low wage jobs to some of members of our community. But yeah, like, I've had those most of the time they're jobs. just taking that money and then it goes to wherever their headquarters is, right? Like, yeah. and then from there it gets distributed to the same fucking what three or four or five thousand families that own like 85 percent of this well that's the thing the moment that you are a publicly owned entity you are just as extractive as every other publicly owned entity you know like whether you're a uh small time bank or a middling bank you're these are my experiences by the way folks uh yeah. whether you're a small bank or a medium bank like you are extracting wealth from the communities that you operate in and funneling it upwards you know whether I mean, it's to your stockholders or yeah that's exactly what it is you know like you're always extracting wealth and it ultimately causes people in your area to suffer there's no right. getting around it yeah yeah, so as far as check-in, yeah, everything's the same as it was. It rained. No, it's not. Dude, ooh, it ooh, did it rain? Dude, it, yeah. So Inches? It got, kind of sprinkled and got some decent rain for like a day or two. And then mm -hmm. we had like a cloud burst yesterday that like ooh. dumped buckets for the better part of 45 minutes. We probably got like... I, I haven't checked any like uh, uh, weather stations or anything, but my guess is if I did, we had at least an inch, inch nice. and a quarter, possibly an inch and a half in like about an hour. Um, I think we got less than an inch and all it did was uh, pull the snails out. Oh, yeah. And as soon as like it warms up because like it cooled down and then we finally got some rain. And then as soon as it'll warm up again, there will be insects everywhere. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, they I'm, love that. They love that, that dose of spring water. Everything just looked oh, green yeah. again after two days. Like mm -hmm. it was already like browning in a real way. How do we come out and eat all of that green? Yeah, how do we? I mean, they're just doing their life cycle, right? There. So that's new. Um, and let's see. Other than that, everything's the same as it were. Yep. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to energy. We were talking about oil last we spoke. Okay. Yeah, can oh you were you were just setting it up. Go ahead, man. I was gonna say we were talking about oil last we spoke, and we're ready to move on to uh, pat temporarily past the production of energy and on to the conservation of energy. Uh, just a small bit on efficiency. Um, yeah, and I think the the idea is uh, like, I mean, we never really finished because I had technical difficulties. No, oh, that's yeah. part of the check in too. But I already told you earlier. 
Got my new modem. Yes. Got it set up. I'm tested it. Fucking speeds that are like five or six times faster than I've had for like the last many years. Bro, I see like super dark green on fucking, you know, nin- the ninja. You're in there. Perfect. Yeah. I've already noticed too that my camera definition, which is like yeah. a 1080p camera, like it already looks better. <laughs> Way better, man. <laughs> I, I just put on a hat, I guess, and that that's that fixes it. Um at any rate, um, yeah, so that's new. And we never really finished that conversation no, about energy. Yeah. But um, it's really important not just to talk about, like, how fucked we are because we're, like, we can't afford to burn the fossil fuels even if they were limitless. Right, right? right Like, because right. of the, the carbon pollution and other greenhouse gases and all sorts of uh, ecosystem consequences. Um, but, you know, to carry that conversation forward a bit, um we could talk about alternatives so i think we got lined up talking about um uh uh like thorium or fusion um also we're gonna, like, we're gonna I, start off small man but but okay. going yeah 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 and we're gonna talk a little bit about micro hydro i think and then um a little bit about energy conservation or efficiency uh we're actually gonna start totally opposite we're going to go with efficiency and micro hydro and then we're going to move over to like crazy future stuffs okay seems like i like that um and it's cool uh one thing that i kind of um admired about like bernie sanders stump speech when he was running in 2016 is that when he talked about like climate and energy he always just just the rhetoric of it right like how we construct sentences mm-hmm. to denote importance or um uh, to create a rhythm or whatever i admired that he always talked about energy efficiency and sustainable energy always in that order he never yeah. said we need solar panels and um, yeah yeah he understood and, and that signaled to me um, if for all of his faults and failures um, and backpedaling and groveling mm-hmm. and knee bending to um, the corporate establishment. Um, He's no Jon Snow. He bends the knee. He bends that knee. Um, he, uh, he, that signaled to me that he understood that efficiency is the best bang for the buck. Yes. Now, yes, of course. we can play this clip. Um, to talk about this, this is a new construction, and maybe we can talk a little bit about policy um, for energy conservation. Yeah, and I uh, should I should come with more numbers because like no, I've looked at them and I've like processed them, but like I don't I don't have them to give to anybody. You got to get notes, man. We got the page over here. You can do notes like I did on the bottom. Anyway, uh, so I went back to work uh, and oh, I good. returned uh, my my old shirts because I'm all about that reuse. Uh, and I ended up talking to one of the newer people in my department. She's only temp, but you know, she was just like, Oh, that is you. I saw your car. Like, I really like Bernie Sanders. And I was just like, Oh, what's well, that's, that's really nice. And I appreciate that. You know, like, and she's like, yeah, it's good to see, you know, or, or good to see other people, you know, who are, and she like paused and I was like, old and she's like yeah and I'm like, oh my god on the people i'm the olds supporting the uh thing that the new the younger kids want <laughs> like, oh, uh, uh, 
how she's like 22 and i'm just like oh um, i'm literally the olds now at 41 good to know <laughs> ah we're not that old i definitely consider myself entering the third part of my life though oh really the, the last the last third yeah i wish yeah, i could I'd... live to be 120 or something like that that'd be great no fuck no bro like i know we're not gonna make it i was talking to someone about this last week i talked to a friend i hadn't talked to in at least over a year and um i was joking i was like i'm in the last third of my life like if i make it to 60 i i'll be happy if i make it to like 65 i'll be stoked if i make it to 70 like hunter s thompson philosophy where it's just like hey man if i make it to fucking like 60 i'm great yeah exactly i mean that's a, a reasonable lifespan for our organism right like yeah, we're yeah. not a redwood tree we're not supposed to live a thousand fucking years like however i do want to become a cyborg and live until i'm like 200 that would be great there's yeah, just see, so much in the future that i need to see really that <laughs> is a that is a question maybe hopefully we can <laughs> dig others. deeper into through the course of of this but i do want to get moving because like, all right unfortunately enough, i have other Limit, limited time me. limited yeah. time for steve solo all right we're doing it how do you design a building that cools itself this is a termite mound Millions of termites live inside these structures, some of which stretch an astonishing 30 feet high. Although these termite skyscrapers may look solid from the outside, they are actually covered in tiny holes that allow air to pass through freely. Like a giant lung, the structure inhales and exhales as temperatures rise and fall throughout the day. This termite ventilation inspired Pierce to use an approach known as biomimicry, imitating the ingenuity found in nature to solve human problems. Meet the Eastgate Center. The building is made from concrete slabs and brick. Just like the soil inside a termite mound, these materials have a high thermal mass, which means they can absorb a lot of heat without really changing temperature. The exterior of the building is prickly, like a cactus. By increasing the amount of surface area, heat loss is improved at night while heat gain is reduced during the day. Inside the building, low power fans pull in cool night air from outside and disperse it throughout the seven floors. The concrete blocks absorb the cold, insulating the building and chilling the circulating air. When the morning comes and temperatures rise, warm air is vented up through the ceiling and released by the chimneys. Thanks to this innovative design, temperatures inside stay at a comfortable 82 degrees during the day and 57 degrees at night. Not to mention, it uses up to 35% less energy than similar buildings in Zimbabwe. Since opening its doors in 1996, Mick Pierce's 90% natural climate control system has made the Eastgate Center a global landmark for sustainability. So, we must ask ourselves, if an architect could design a self-cooling building with termite-inspired climate control, 
What other innovations could Mother Nature inspire? What other Close innovations, indeed? Um, yeah, so that's like one of my favorite go-to examples for like we we mentioned last week about passive house. Yes. Like, I think the building is interesting in a lot of ways. I'm not entirely sure what, how practical that is. Um, I wanted to find some stuff on like Middle Eastern architecture, like. You know, you fall down like internet rabbit holes sometimes and you find fucking gems, dude. Like I found this like study on passive heating and cooling uh, in um, Arabic architecture, right? Like, and I'm like, holy shit, like because they're hot climate, like their days are hot, but their nights get cooler. Mm -hmm. Their days get like really hot. No. Hotter than here. Right. Right. Um, But I'm like, how like we have all these stick single family stick frame homes with fucking gigantic uh, HVAC units on them. Yeah. yeah. And like, we could just build clusters of housing that are like utilize basic techniques. Like they put them very close together. Yeah. And then they orient the streets. I mean, you see this in the old parts of cities like Dubai, they orient it with the dominant evening wind. So like the wind will blow through. And then there's these like basically uh, airfoils, that use utilize differential pressure and then they'll force air down into these houses or draw air up out of these houses. Right, right. And then there's these like concrete channels basically, uh, or not concrete, like stone um, channels that they allow that they build into the housing um, so that air can be drawn through it. And then they use a lot of thermal mass and then they, the uh, plaster coat everything in white so it reflects mm-hmm. as much sun as possible. There's somewhere they'll have like rooftop patios. They'll even string like shade sails to keep even more sun off of it. Like all these really innovative ways because like we've we, human beings have been around like air air conditioning refrigeration. Have only we been around may for about have, we years. may have learned a lot prior to the innovation, right? Of air of conditioning. These- yeah, of yeah. these very energy intensive things. They said uh, it cuts the bill. Um, it's 30% of normal buildings, but that's mm-hmm. all energy. And then what they said later was 90% um, uh, natural heating and cooling. Right, right. And so uh, you you had mentioned when we were preparing the clips today that you would prefer it to be less than 82. Me personally, my own, right. You do you want to, mention that and why maybe because you didn't explain it we were like let's talk about it on the podcast so we can disagree about something (laughs) we're two friends who disagree about things but tend to agree upon most things get it because the world's a fucked up place the world's a fucked up place but we tend to agree while not disagree and rich people should go to the guillotine they should i think they taste good i haven't tried them yet i've had so many other meats i just all right. Hello, hello, fans. <laughs> um, so no, no, no. Seriously, so you said that eighty-two was uncomfortable for you. Is that is that basically what you were getting at? I think seventy-eight is pretty good for me. But the thing is, when it comes to my family, they're going to say like seventy-two. That is that is what my electrical bill tells me. But yeah. um, it, a very interesting thing that I got to do um, is in Fresno, they have the underground gardens. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's basically. This dude who was just you know, completely wonkers and was like, oh, yeah, I'm from this cool part of um, 
No, not Italy. Sicily. Spain. Sicily? Sicily. That's Spain, right? No, that's in Italy. That's Damn you! In Italy. It is Italy. Okay, so... Sicily is the fucking rock <laughs> with the boots kicking, man. Don't you remember like, nah. second grade geography? The, no, no, surprisingly not. So anyway, this Sicilian, he came into uh, Fresno because uh, he was ultimately like you know, going to have to take care of property like back in Italy that he would never own. And he was just like, fuck it, America. America's great. I can own my own shit. I don't have to be, you know, privy to my own family. And so he came here and he was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, check it out. Oh, the East Coast is great, but it snows. Snow is bullshit. And then he ultimately he goes down to California. And he's like, cool. My brother's in Fresno. I'm going to go to Fresno. God, hot as balls. Moving south. Okay. All right. Okay. This is much better. How much do I have to spend? Oh, my God. I don't have that sort of money. I'm moving back to Fresno. So he buys like 80 acres in Fresno and ends up just realizing it's way too fucking hot. And so he digs down. And he keeps digging. And he I keeps digging. hard pan. Hard pan. Anyway, he hits hard pan at about uh, 10 feet. You're so wrong. Anyway, he keeps digging. He and he he digs and he digs and he ultimately makes you know a cooler and cooler environment for him and his guests. More importantly, he's a very popular man, and so he ends up uh, you know inviting people over and you know getting you know them to visit. And he makes this wonderful, nice, cooled subterranean area. And so, like maybe we should all just make a subterranean area. Why aren't we hobbits? Well, um, I think I mentioned last week. Um, I'm not sure about, I don't know a lot about, I mean, California had so much diversity among its indigenous people. Like, I don't know it all. I know the, I'm on occupied Machupta lands. Mm -hmm. I know the Machupta did live in houses that were partially submerged um, or the Maidu um, cultural complex, which is several tribes in this part of Northern California. Um, generally dug like a because their ranges were very small because the resources were so abundant like most of it was wetlands they they had a river they had uh, freshwater fish they had all this uh, grasslands for hunting game and then they had the salmon and then they had all the acorns uh, uh, and then in the foothills and they might go a little bit higher 3,000 4,000 feet during the summer uh, for hunting and gathering but in, in materials and tradable goods but like most of the time they kind of stayed in a small territory so they were able to have like basically villages like yeah, yeah. they weren't on a, a completely seasonal um rotation they did have more or less permanently occupied spaces oh, and even if they way. went up to the hills for like you know their four or five weeks in the summertime when it's really hot in the valley like it's it's just there when they come back right yeah like, yeah yeah yeah. Nobody, um, like i claim this it's mine <laughs> and so yeah and so it was their territory um and and so they could have a permanent or semi-permanent uh village sites but anyway yeah they would construct partially submerged um buildings to, because it's just the, the the temperature swing is much um is mediated um by being subterranean so yeah that totally makes sense and in this case with the uh the termite inspired one all that ventilation and stuff like that um, is at in the thermal mass and all these other concepts like just makes sense. And I don't want to rehash shit we said last week um, because we did talk a bit about how bad like just timber frame housing. Yes. Is. Okay. Yes. Yes. But like 
we can incorporate these concepts if we want. Like there's literally like we could just pull building code from cities like Dubai yeah, and see like what they have said about code in old parts of their city um, or whatever. And we can just take that and like trial it here. Right. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe are, are you trying to say like, you know, we should adjust our earthquake readiness codes to areas that have had earthquakes in the past. Well, the, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like our, our, a lot of it is aesthetics. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. Personally, yeah. I like like uh, the, uh, Arabic architecture. Like, I, I love it. In fact, <laughs> um, but and that's as a broad statement, right? Like, obviously, there's architects and different schools of thinking that uh, in architecture that I'm not familiar with, but like. Mm. I like the aesthetic and the energy efficiency and the passiveness passivity of the um, uh, he heating and cooling and ventilation. Like, especially when you get a lot of buildings all crammed together on purpose, because if we're all together, then it keeps the sun out. And then it's all this thermal mass. It stays shaded too. And they have these little courtyard gardens, like, um, you know, where it's just like a tree and a hangout and they, mm. they would also do underground facilities, especially like in the palaces and the larger cities back in the day. They basically um, uh, have freshwater springs tapped in and then it would be there'd basically be underground uh, aqueducts. And then so, the, what's that? I was going to say it sounds like you appreciate the building in so much as it causes you to have direct interaction with everyone else in your community is that oh no a hundred percent okay that's okay fairly that's fairly recent um among particularly americans and maybe a lot of the other kind of anglo um uh peoples like australia and canada and stuff um but like most people live in fairly close-knit communities but my point is is that like yeah they'd have underground like fountains and stuff and people could just go underground during the day when it was super hot and then yeah. they come up at night um and we just need to adjust that standard um and i think that kind of architecture is innovative but i don't think practical at the large scale um no so we have very little is practical at the large scale aside from just doing what we've been doing recently Last well, yeah, there's a certain years. inertia to the system, right? Uh, yeah, about. yeah. Well, it's, it's you're always going to have do what's been done because it works. If you are doing it in bulk, like hundreds of thousands of units, it's only going to make sense. Yeah, but I would totally like to see an apartment block, an uh, apartment complex that looks like that and makes sense yes. than just see oh, brand new luxury apartments like. You know, because that's all they build anymore. It's literally what's happening down the street in order to... Oh, yeah. uh, w well, it's kind of particularly bad because it's it's in an area where homeless people have been gathering. And so it's literally just to kick them out. They're building something to make sure that they don't have anywhere to stay. Yeah, yeah. We talked a bit th about that a bit last week. But... Yeah, we did. And um, it's heading so closer and closer home. <laughs> what's that oh it's hitting closer and closer to home every day every day um so to to move from that to the next clip um energy efficiency is like 
far more i mentioned bernie and how i appreciated the rhetoric comes on the front end he talks about energy efficiency i mean i'm i don't we'll have to have a a, a discussion on that by itself because i could talk for a while but basically like solar panels oh cool there's all these government incentives to buy solar panels okay yeah. where do those solar panels come from china china or even if they're yeah. built here in the united states it's a factory somewhere else how would you install insulation and install geothermal heat pumps to replace like aging HVAC systems or, um, you know, make modifications to existing suburban sprawl that like make it easier for passive heating and cooling. Like it's, it should be standard to have a whole house fan in Chico because the nights, there's only like a couple weeks a year where the nights are really fucking hot and it's not even every year. Um, that there's hot nights. It's a lot of years. I disagree. <laughs> well, right, 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 right. You, it's a fair number of years. Yeah. But let me finish my thought. A whole house fan would change a lot. Like if it gets to like 65 at night and you can exchange all that air before sunrise and close your house up, even if you want to keep the house 75 degrees, mm -hmm. like you've just bought yourself several hours of not using an HVAC. System. That's a great Go point. Ahead. Yes. No, um, I was wondering, I've looked it up and I like scientifically, I've kind of like got my brain at a point where I, I can't tell the difference. Um, HVAC versus uh, heat pump, I believe it was. Um, yeah. So like, I think the way I don't actually really understand how it works. I know that like a geothermal heat pump will use significantly less electricity because they remove, I think the compressor component and it's more about moving air. Let me look into it. Maybe we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. sorry, sorry. But I, I know that they're like much one thing less. I never understood. Because I was going to have one installed. I wound up going with the conventional HVAC because the financing was like easier, like, I would imagine. It, well, yeah. It, and it also, like, I could finance it at a very low interest rate, plus get like a kickback because uh, I bought it through Costco. Oh, so okay. I got a kickback of like 2400 bucks in credits. Oh, hell Costco. yeah. And the whole unit cost me uh, for heat and uh, air conditioning. Um, cost me i think like sixteen thousand. and when i first moved into the house i talked to someone about geothermal mm -hmm. um and solar hot water and a couple other improvements i, I wanted to make and i still want to make yeah and the system was going to be like 32 grand don't and you need like a pretty big difference in temperature for uh, geothermal to work um i don't think so like i said i'm not an expert on it mm -hmm. but it would have uh, it would not eliminate heating and cooling costs, and it was going to cost like thirty-two grand. Okay. So you you say you're you're comfortable at seventy-five, but your family wants. No, to I'm com I tend to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah, like seventy-five to eighty. I'm I'm cool. Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, but so we did this study when I was in college. Like, um, I was in this like uh, environmental policy class, and and every uh, it's offered in the spring, and that's when student elections are right. So. Mm -hmm. We would take this and every year, like the students in this class would like not only learn like theory, like it was, I think it was called ecological thought and action. So we learned about like different ways of thinking about the environment and read, you know, read and everything else you do in a college course, um, read and write. 
but like the main um practical component to it or activity component was like we would come up with an idea we'd research it and then we'd make a political campaign and then we would take that political campaign and we would go out and canvas and other things so that in the student election students would vote to for our policy right okay um in favor of our policy and when i was taking that class we selected um changing heating and cooling mm. standards at the university and the idea was is that like you're heating this building to like 75 in the winter and then you're cooling it to 75 in the summer but like you're not in a building all day so like you go go outside and you're like you're mo in where in where i live most everybody walks and even if you did drive like or take a bus like you still have quite a bit of walking to do once you get off the bus yes or once you get out of your car because oh, like absolutely. yeah you know Minimal, transportation like, is is uh, is uh, largely um um not permitted in the core of campus yeah and so, typically like you know two to five blocks even on campus yeah, even if you take the bus stop is right there, and if you have a building in a class in the science building, that's still like a ten minute walk, even though you took the bus, right? Like so. Um, anyway, the the point is is that like people are outside. It is an outside campus, um, and so if people are layered in the winter, they're coming into a room where it's hot, and now they're like, "Ugh, it's hot." I'm trying to peel my layers off <laughs> so I can put them back on to go back outside after class is over. And alternatively, in the summertime, like, and this was my experience, I was, it's so warm, like, at some point, your body kind of adjusts to it. And obviously, yeah. like, you're not in class in the summer, but like, it in fucking September, it is very hot in Chico. And in May, oh, yeah, it's quite yeah. hot as well. So like, there's still hot months in, in school. So like, you'd find like, you'd adjust to being warm, you'd be in like Birkenstocks or flip flops and a pair of shorts and a t shirt or whatever. And then you would get into the, the, you'd go into class and you're like, fuck, bro. It's like cold because your body like adjusts to it and warms up. Yeah. And it's, you may, might have sweat a little bit if you were trying to hustle, like walking pretty fast on a hot day. And so you come in damp and like warm and then you're like walking into a refrigerator and it's <laughs> those shocks. So we found a bunch of research that showed that that's actually like most people's experience when they're going from, uh inside to climate control or like yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah outside into no. a climate controlled space there's a, con a, a considerable shock yeah and so by just changing just a few degrees it would not be noticeable to the student to anybody really. oh so basically lessen the shock temperature the, right it would the delta it wouldn't t. be noticeable yeah like it yeah. wouldn't be like oh my god this this room is so cold in the winter because uh, it's not 70 five that, it's 71 that is very interesting because i and, have yeah go ahead I, I was gonna say i definitely um uh read when we had uh people at my last bank who were concerned about the temperature and i was just like okay cool you know like somebody had mentioned like oh yeah you know when you push the button it doesn't even do anything it's just you know for your own benefit it's not actually adjusting the temperature. And I was like, holy shit, is this fucking real? And like everything I read was like, yeah, probably, you know, if your building is heated or cooled by, you know, the following companies, they will gladly put in a $5 fake, you know, you know, temperature adjuster rather than actually heating your room anymore. Like having to put in the necessary, you know, 
ducting in order to make sure your room got more heating or any sort of like actually, you know, uh, uh, you're hooking up your room with a sensor that you could, you know, Bluetooth to the other sensors. And so I fucking loved that. And after I read about it, I was like, oh, yeah, does the company we're contracting with do that? Absolutely. Yes, they do. And we had a woman who complained about it got a sensor put in and she could hit the plus and the minus button as she pleased. And uh, we actually got like a monitor and the temperature never changed. Yeah, it's a placebo effect, <laughs> it's a right? Placebo effect for sure. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to this next clip. But I guess the point is, is that like, for me, I'm more focused. My family is in relationships change, right? And maybe my uh, puritanical approach to <laughs> using climate control <laughs> has pushed some people away. But I'll come to visit you during the winter months, sir. The winter months. So. <laughs> yeah, I like to burn fires. I find it ritualistic. Exactly, like, I've used yeah. a lot of natural gas this year. It's very fucking expensive. And it, it's also I bad for imagine. the planet. Um, really and interesting. And basically a waste resource here. Interesting. either What's that? Oh, every everything I was reading in Maine was like, oh yeah, you know, if uh, their electricity costs have gone up over the past couple of years because they have a very similar company uh, to PG&E, kind of like barging in on their shit, whereas previously it was several companies, and uh, so basically, you know, they're like, oh my god, you know, I would rather spend money on uh, the natural gas than pay the electrical costs. Yeah, and if you live out in the country, dude, like propane delivery and shit, like, is fucking really expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'd be way better off building efficiently. Um, if you live on hilly land, trying to orient your house so it uh, is uh, has mass behind it. If anything, even just built up against where the back of the house is against mass, mm -hmm. and then like passive solar. I'd really go a long way. I live in the suburbs. Like I wound up get, replacing my HVAC system um, uh, because I wanted something, but we still largely, we're going to, uh, we were talking about some improvements uh, to make this year. One of which is a whole house fan, right? Mm -hmm. um, because as is, we already do largely try to use passive methods. Um, so at night, all the windows are open, the fans are going. Yep. And uh, except the other thing, too, with the HVAC is it's fucking smoky. So sometimes, like, that's part of the reason we replaced it, because, like, yeah. you can't always passively cool the house because the air quality is, like, fucking AQI of, like, 450 or something. Because I didn't know about that. So basically, you turn on the cooling aspect of your of your air conditioning and it gets smoky. No, 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 no. I'm what I'm saying is we can't always open the windows and passively cool the house oh, because sometimes the because, air quality outside sometimes is, like is burning. Long term consequences. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. to breathing that kind of air okay, for any length okay, of time. Okay, for sure. Yeah, and it was, it's, yeah, I, I got a new HVAC system as a fucking climate adaptation, which try and wrap your mind around that. But if you live hey. in a place with a fucking AQI of four, 400, 450 for like three four weeks on end and the temperatures are like in the, usually when it's real smoky the temperatures are lower than they would be yeah because the, um, the smoke blocks up they're the reflecting <laughs> but 
it's still 90 degrees or yeah, 88 yeah. degrees outside and super smoky and you can't yeah. cool it off. It just gets like humid and shit. It's great. Hey, I, I left Chico on account of Chico being too smoky. I arrived in Fresno and was greeted with the same goddamn smoke. There's it's no valley, escaping bro. it. There's no escaping it. It's there, the whole fucking valley. It's there is a place to go the... to get out of it. Oh, is, is it Maine? <laughs> no, it's the fucking Redwood Coast, bro. You go up there and like even under the most extreme climate uh, uh, scenarios, they're looking at losing like four or five inches of normal precip per year. Or like, how's their, how, So they'll have five inches water? less like 30, 40 years from now than they normally get. And it's still like fucking 40 inches of rain. Ah, pretty good. Like we've we've had like ten. Yeah, no, no. This year, this season is less. Yeah, it's been so bad, man. Uh, I I've had plants out and tried to let only the rains water them. No, no, no. All plants would die under these conditions. Any plant that's going to feed you. Yeah, any plant that's adapted to that like can survive. But like it's mostly perennial bunch grasses, and they'll go mm. dormant, and they'll just dry up. But like a core of it'll stay alive. Yeah, yeah. And then when it rains, then it'll fucking grow again, right? Yeah. Like, but, or uh, yeah, there's a lot of plants like this. There's like good uh, buckeye and other things like that are all like summer deciduous. So like when it gets fucking hot and there's no rain, they're like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna go dormant now." <laughs> and they drop all their leaves, <laughs> and then spend the energy ripening their seed. Yep. And then they're in winter dormancy, basically early, yep. right? Like. And then the it, sometime after the first rain, and it gets cool, they'll they'll actually grow leaves when it's cold, and their leaves don't freeze. So, um, yeah, they're adapted to living during the winter and sleeping during the summer because it's fucking hot and there's no water. Super hot. Anyway, speaking of water, water, most people, most of the population in the United States uh, needs water. Did you know that? <laughs> needs water? No. <laughs> lives on the east coast and as both of us have lived on the east coast because we were both in the military and when we were in the military we were stationed on the east coast yes it fucking rains like it all rains the time. i was actually talking with someone we went out for fucking you know, easter uh brunch got all you can drink in case you couldn't tell mimosas and uh i ended up talking to this gal who was from fucking virginia and I was just like, oh, man, I lived out there. I had, Like, my first hurricane was in South Carolina, but my second and my last were in Virginia. <laughs> you know? She's just like, yeah, it's a terrible place to live, but at least it's wet, you know? Yeah. And like, so, since most of the population of the United States, by and large, lives yeah. in places where there are perennial streams and it rains... Mm-hmm micro hydro to me like we all do this like large scale hydro that government the army corps of engineers and bureau of land management get Mm -hmm. massive fucking raging boners for big dams and big fancy projects we were talking about vanity projects last week how like hey you know they just want to go to a ribbon cutting and, and get the promotion Anytime someone talks about more dams in California, I say, okay, great, go ahead and build that dam, but what rain is going to fill it, fucker? Yeah, more dams in California. They're still fighting for the fucking They're still fucking fighting for more reservoirs, more reservoirs, more dams. They just want to contain all the water that doesn't fucking exist. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, that that's the point too. I saw signs and like, oh, we're talking about doing sites again because we need more water. And I'm like, Shasta and Oroville are like 20% of fucking capacity. Like there's okay, a massive cool. deficit. Build a big bucket 
It doesn't matter if it doesn't fucking rain. No, but people don't seem to understand. They want that's the thing. They want to spend but if it does like rain, non-existent catch it all. Yeah, but they want to spend non-existent tax dollars to fucking buy things that'll never like pay them for themselves. You're not gonna get that rain. I'm fucking sorry. It ain't coming. It doesn't yeah. care how much money you invest in storage. It ain't fucking coming. But we could do a lot, and that's going to be a subject for another day to manage our wa- what water does fall better. Oh, yeah. Um, including yes. like a bunch of like small earthworks all over the fucking hillsides. I would say I I love what you're talking about. I have a feeling it's it's like basically like stamping holes, letting the hillsides uh, absorb more water, right? Right, and recharging okay. um, aquifers and whatnot. aquifers and in. Yes. in um artesian wells yeah so that like if you dig some earthworks up here then where you can punch a well right there and get that water and it'll go underground where it moves really slow and the water quality also improves yeah most of the time depending on your substrate right my question Uh, is how much like oh sorry go ahead ahead. no no no. i was gonna say how much do you have to pay like you know teenagers in order to do these basic like uh, works like i mean it happened in world war ii they did all the uh right Oh, service works and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I want that. I want a lot of people at work. In um across the foothills here, like Nevada County, like almost like every other property has a pond. There's a lot of properties up here, um, like in the Butte Creek Canyon and stuff that also have ponds. I think all of those were WPA ponds. And that was mostly like, oh, let's go build some ponds so that we people can grow agriculture. Yeah. So it was about increasing um in, in a region's productivity by uh, a public investment right um and public resources being deployed across the the countryside um to help develop the capacity for the people that live there to produce a surplus to sell in a market right right like and so it was about economic development i'm not like, opposed to that like we need some economic development no we right absolutely now. and and we need we need to treat our water differently but if you live in an area with lots of water like on the east coast where all the people are yeah. like there is a vortex one too not not his little diy thing but like there's there's also vortex ones that need very little head mm. and basically like my fucking background is making we, me all we haven't watched the bit. video yet by the way we, we, we no 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 i know but yeah. they're different okay. than his system but they basically also work with very little head so smaller amounts a lot head. more than than his does okay okay um so there are systems commercial systems that can be used on streams mm-hmm. and that's really to me far more cost effective to put in a hundred of those rather than one gigantic dam with a couple right. of turbines. That right, could be interesting for Sierra Nevada as they're out of North Carolina right now. Right. Right. Mm, interesting. Okay. So let's play this video. We'll play this clip and then we'll yeah. talk just briefly about micro hydro and then we'll probably move through the last few fairly quickly. Ready to go. Go. Behind me is a pond that is several feet deep and there is a dam on this side which drops approximately eight feet from this point here down to the rock. And then there is an additional drop from that rock down to the bottom for a total of 15 feet. So you can see there is a couple of hundred gallons coming across this all the time. And here is the intake to his unit. He's got a screen cage that prevents debris from entering into the pipe. And then he's got a six inch pipe elbow down into the water here. See if I can move you across here without dropping the camera. 
pipe goes over about six feet and then 90s around this little concrete pillar and that you can see here goes over to the turbine and this is all six inch pipe up to the turbine uh, that Spencer has provided here three phase we'll get to that here in just a bit but you can see there is about an eight foot pipe dropping down another 90 which heads over here and there's going to be a demonstration of how this unit is turned on here in just a moment and uh, from the edge of the white pipe it then upgrades to an eight inch pipe creating uh, a vacuum with a venturi effect so we'll be uh, demonstrating all of that here in just a bit because the other end of this pipe here is sticking down into the water the siphon has to be created to get the water from the top of the dam. Did you miss your timestamp? You got to unmute, homie. Mute. There we go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did miss my timestamp, but that's no, it's okay. Super cool because I like the idea. Like later on in the video, it shows him using an electrically powered pump, but you wouldn't need anything other than just a basic, you know, pump of any kind you could just you know literally do it with hand a pump. simple yeah <laughs> simple hand pump don't give that don't give it no <laughs> um so i guess my point was and we kind of already more or less discussed what i wanted we to did discuss we about did this. that's why i was it like watch all the videos the population of the united states is concentrated in areas where like this is super fucking common having a creek like that in your backyard is super like or in your neighborhood is super common. And Ooh, I don't know if you got to it in the clip because I, I actually wish to claim the contrary. You do. Having a creek in your backyard is common? No, in your neighborhood. In my neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. no, not in your neighborhood. Okay. I'm Other saying that they're all over the East Coast. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Absolutely. That yes. is my point. There's fucking streams everywhere, dude. Yes. Like, I mean, okay. look at it like a, a hydrology map. Yeah, compared yeah, yeah, to like yeah. California, where like if you're not in like certain areas of the mountains where like the terrain is not really conducive to doing something like that, you'll never like, take a nap near a creek, right? Yeah, there's like other than that, like where people live, all the rivers are like super fucking flat and yeah. generally corralled to, um, yeah, it's true, corralled behind uh levees or whatever to prevent flooding. But on the east coast, like when I was in Delaware, there's like dude like there's six or seven they called them rivers like just within like 15 or 20 miles north and south and uh west of where i lived mm -hmm. and they, some of them had had like that and some of them had less i was mentioning before the video clip played there's actually vortex ones that can use less head mm -hmm. um he that's about 15 feet um and it cuts his bill by two thirds. So yes, it was... and it, it was actually only eight feet. Oh, it was and, eight. Okay. Yeah, and he talks about uh, breaking up the vortexes with uh, nothing more than a tennis ball. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and um, and and for anyone who doesn't know, vortices are a are you know, when the water spins up and it sucks in more air than it does water, and that's not going to spin your turbine quite so well. And so you want to mostly spin up water as best you can right exactly so the tennis ball kind of just prevents that yeah it breaks them up the surface tension yeah 
so that yeah so that you're getting more water in but the point is is that that produces constantly you know i didn't hear about drought but it seemed like that's kind of an area in i think it was north carolina the description they, said they talked about it later and he said it was uh four months out of every year oh only four months yeah yeah oh so that's not nearly as impressive yeah but like if you lived on a stream where you could get that all the time, that's like 530 Watts feeding. Even, even a quarter of the year, the you know, it's a lot less you know, when it comes to the full year. Like we need to take into account just whatever the land that we're living on can offer. Right. Even if it can't give us everything all the time. Right. And that's the point. I mean, it cut his bill by 60%, right? Yeah. Like, Your chickens, how many eggs do they give you? Like how little do you spend on chicken meat? you know, eggs, anything of that nature every year. You're 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 reducing your food bill by quite a lot. Yeah. Between yeah. like broiler chickens and eggs. That's what I'm like, that's what I'm saying. You know, like it, it it's the very same thing here. It's not everything and it shouldn't be. It's it's the best we can do. Right. Let's talk a little bit about technologies that are um in my opinion never going to come to pass. Um <laughs> but are nice ideas. Do it. All right, so the first video we have, it starts on like 1950s footage, and I love that. <laughs> Gotta love that. All right. It takes an insane amount of energy to produce the heated plasma. So right now, the power that you put into a fusion reaction is always higher than the thermal power that you get back out of it. To assess how well a reactor performs is referred to as the fusion energy gain factor or the simple Q with a ratio. Basically, you just want a Q value higher than one, which is that thermal power break-even point within the reactor. But we're not even close to break-even. The Joint European Taurus, or JET, held a record ratio of 0.67, but the National Ignition Facility, NIF, just recently broke that with a Q of 0.7. But it's really important to note that Q isn't accounting for the full power and electricity required to run the facility, and how much electricity it can actually generate from that reaction. Q is just about the thermal power in versus the thermal power out. For the full picture, that accounts for all those additional costs and converting heat into electricity, basically producing more electricity than it takes to run the facility, we'd most likely be looking at a Q somewhere between 10 and 25. There's a lot of moving pieces. We have to learn to walk before we can run, and hitting a Q of one or higher is us learning to walk. Yeah, that's really profound. You got to uh, walk before you can run. <laughs> that's where I chose to end it. But yeah, well, no, no, no I understand. I mean, yeah. it really, it really is like everyone expects nuclear power, or well, fusion specifically, to just be this thing that immediately you know takes off. But like, how long did it take us to go from simple burning of trees to burning of coal, coal to uh, uh, you know, fossil fuels, fossil fuels to nuclear, uh, fission? nuclear to fusion and i think we've kind of gotten used to the idea of just like everything happens really really fast because we're in that stratum right now where you know thing new things come along every 10 to 15 years and you can just expect them to keep coming along at that point and bro what I'm not that old and you're not that old. I'm not and either. The first the first fucking video games I played were Yeah, they were 8 bit 
on a fucking the, not the not the little hard floppies, but the big actual floppies. Beep, beep, beep. I didn't have floppies when I first played video games. I was on Nintendo. You had the cartridges, not the small yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean computer ones. games. I mean, you the, had to the, put the, the what is it, five and a quarter inch fucking oh, where absolutely. floppy comes well, from? If, the name if, floppy because they were all well. If you want to play some fucking, you know, I'm like, do you want to die of dysentery? If so, insert your floppy disk right now. <laughs> Yeah, dude, and you'd have to like load one in, and then it would it would uh, uh, download the information, and then you'd have to like put it out and put in another one, and it was like eight discs. You don't think we're depressing these young people right now as we're talking about? Mike, you know, real quickly, I know we're talking about fusion reactions, but yeah. like my parents or my my parents, my children, I am the parent in this situation. <laughs> my children were no, like, answer, so like who like who was popular on TikTok when you were a kid? We're like nobody. TikTok didn't dude, TikTok's exist. been around for like two fucking years, children. It's like YouTube it's younger, than, younger than your punk ass. <laughs> YouTube wasn't even a fucking thing until I was almost out of college. I remember yeah, yeah. when like YouTube started to become into popular use. Um <sighs> And that was in like 2005, 2006. I mean, I think it existed a little while I before. I think I was in like my 30s. It takes a while for people to adopt. I it, think right? I was in my 30s by the time I learned about fucking TikTok. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, YouTube. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It was when you, when we were in college, is when like all the big, I mean, when in South Park did the episode where like they brought in all the fucking YouTube memes. That was very early in YouTube and viral YouTube videos. <laughs> chocolate the, Ring. Yep. The Chocolate Rain guy and the, the Britney, the Britney chick. The uh, Groundhog. <laughs> yeah. And all sorts of other ones, right? That did, did two girls, one cup or whatever, all that shit. <laughs> was so that was all like 2005 i think maybe a little earlier but anyway i was yeah. at least in college by then like facebook didn't even exist until like i was in college yep it um, moves fast nowadays yeah and so i think that's what you were saying like people don't realize it takes some time and yeah it yeah. does take time and you're right it did take a while to go from uh just burning trees to burning peat coal uh peat bogs like basically right, right. Finding um, first coal and turning those into coal and burning that, and then yeah. like, um, it really wasn't until they could harness these, um, you know, I guess conventional or unconventional like natural fuels like peat and and wood liquids to power a steam engine so, yeah. to be able to pump the water out of a coal seam. Yeah, and then well, that's and how they were able to access like older coal. Yeah, go ahead. And I was gonna say, ultimately, it seems like you know the ability to find liquid fuel like that seems to be in in everything that i've read where we kind of shifted to this whole different environment you know where we could move around a battery of like or, or well yeah a battery of electricity uh very easily whether that or energy yeah yeah well you know it ultimately ends up as electricity for most cases man i mean like yeah transportation is 40 percent. yeah you're right <laughs> yeah 85 yeah, percent of yeah. the energy that added fossil fuels is just fucking heat yeah yeah <laughs> it just ends up getting used as heat well due to the car now engine that's like 37 percent efficient at best that's yeah. the thing is i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit for everyone everyone thinks nuclear power Oh, it's so cool. It's fucking magic. No, you know what it is? It's a fucking Carnot engine with the 37% efficiency maximum. What you feed into it caps out at 37%. Theoretical. Right now, we're at like 23.5%. Trying yeah, to work and on I that heard perfect this, thing. This might be a little older because I was looking at Fusion um, uh, last year, maybe six months ago or something. Yeah. I could have sworn that there was 
some kind of breakthrough where the I don't know if it was just in like their mathematics where yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is possible, or if it was actually like done in a, a smaller scale model. But I thought they were pushing closer to that Q of 10 that he was um, talking about. But I could be wrong. You probably know the issue better than I do. Yeah. So currently the biggest problem with fusion and fission is that you are just harnessing the heat generated as a byproduct of the reaction that you're doing, whether it's a fission or a fusion reaction. And every time they come out with a new like, oh, yeah, we're harnessing this or that, it's just repeating the same line that is we've managed to sustain fusion energy with diminishingly smaller gains on well no actually sorry i'm sorry diminishingly uh, increasingly larger gains it is true that they are getting better and better at it um when it comes to transferring the uh heat from either fissioning materials or fusing them we're getting better at both and creating basically uh what do you call them um heat engines steam engines like that's yeah, ultimately turbines. what it all boils down to is, is just turning a turbine getting electricity and we're getting better and better at turning both fission and fusion into it but fusion at a higher rate right um and i think most of that's like cultural probably like the anti-nuclear movement i mean they're correct too i mean it's fucking terrible. Then you have spent fuel, and then they're trying to find a market for All that right. so no, that they don't no. lose money. No, no. I'm, I'm going to count you on that one. Uh, everybody, everybody talk. Well, everybody talks about like how much spent uh, fuel there is, and it amounts to like barrels per year, like 55 gallon drums that you yourself could lift up and move around. There well, amounts. I mean, to uranium's like, pretty fucking dense. Well, so it'd probably be pretty it, heavy. Hey, we're talking about volume, bro. All right. All right. You're right. You might not be able to move it around, but I'm saying that volume wise, the amount of waste generated is very small. And yeah, and uh, one of the more convincing arguments that I've heard um, and research is the idea that uh, the amount of radioactive material that is produced by burning fossil fuels is actually in excess of that that escapes because honestly nothing escapes from nuclear power plants you know everything is very carefully regulated and so you unless there's like a fucking uh, earthquake and a fucking tsunami that i can have some numbers for that <laughs> i do have numbers for that and so when you hear that like when you hear that there's just like radiation pouring into the pacific ocean that's like Oh, no, that's not a problem. No, They're how? full of shit. It's a conspiracy. No, no, no. I don't say... Bro, bro, bro. It's, it, it's, it's not only not full of shit. It's not a conspiracy. It's the fact that it is a massive fucking ocean and a very little amount of radiation. Sure. So it's kind of like putting a pinch of salt in a whole fucking pot of water. You could taste the water. It doesn't taste salty. Exactly. Right. They get that, except then they're like, oh, uh, let's change the standards. Like we have Ah. a particular standard for like imported fish. Dude, you're getting cut off. What do you mean? You're actually getting a little bit robotic. (laughs) Oh my God. Taylor might be right. Taylor might be right. You might be getting cut off. Due to the things yeah. you're saying right now, you're going robotic. As soon as you start talking about uh, you know nuclear power and questioning it, you literally got robotic on your end. 
Well, I don't know what could cause that because I have the fastest fucking internet I've ever had in my life right now. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's brand new fucking network. It's the man. I think it's the man. <laughs> I think you might be. Well, I mean, all I was down. Oh, because I was about to talk about Hillary Clinton. Am I am I fucking robot every time I want to fucking criticize? No, actually. It's my turn, Clinton. Talking about Clinton, you're actually doing really well. Okay, great. Then I'm going to keep talking <laughs> about it. When she was Secretary of State, she helped orchestrate the uh, uh, FDA. Uh, or USDA um, changing the standard for the amount of radiation and the amount of toxins in a fucking fish mm. so that fish that mongers that. could still import fish that's caught in these areas where the pollutants concentrate. And they just said, oh, well, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, before they said it was bad, but like if we there's so much radiation that like if we don't import the fish then these guys lose money so we'll just say that this amount of radiation is okay for you to eat ironically that is less radiated or, or less radiated i mean related to uh uh the actual uh amount of radiation that you might you know get from like a spill or something like that and more related to the amount of uh what bioaccumulation do you call it? yeah 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 bioaccumulated mercury i see and well, so it's not just mercury. Oh, well, there's I mean, more. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mercury just, is, is the classic. Yeah, mer mercury is a good go-to example. Because, yeah. I mean, it was used in industrial processes for decades and decades and decades. And we just dumped it into fucking rivers and shit. Like, we have come a very, very you know, long way. it makes way. fish taste good. <laughs> We've come a very long way. But when I lived in um, Delaware, is the, the state that DuPont built. And now it's like an mm -hmm. onshore tax haven. And it's uh, where the president from MBNA comes from, from the... The credit card company fucking savior senator, um, who's now the president, and we're so like, fucked. Just like weekend at Bernie's, like we did get Bernie, but not the Bernie Sanders. We got like weekend at Bernie's Bernie, like where they're just like holding up a fucking dead guy. Like no, no, I would, I, I would have appreciated that because that would have meant that we could actually get what we want by filling his mouth with the words. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you want to write off student loans by yeah. executive action? Oh, yeah. Um, we do <laughs> not right. want to go to war. All right, All right. I no, that oh my god. So I was thinking oh so I was thinking about that. I, I can't remember this. No, it's good. Hillary it's good. Clinton's fucking blinky blinky the three-eyed fish. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck energy, man. I don't want to talk about energy right now. You know what I was thinking about earlier is I was I was in the shower and I was thinking about war. And I was thinking about fucking oh, war, okay. Yeah, well, I was thinking about war. I was thinking about all the energy wasted in war. I was thinking about fucking For real. You know, yeah, like that's what, like as as someone who's just like, oh, I want you know more science. I want more fucking you know, uh, 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 you know, a large hadron colliders. I want more of everything, bigger, better. Like you know, when they're talking about, oh yeah, you know, we want to go to war. We want to waste energy on tanks and planes and blah blah blah. Just like you motherfuckers need you to stop for a goddamn second, bro. Just, like. Did you the Chinese, the Chinese premier, he like basically said that exact thing like two years ago. I think. I read it. No, like, I read oh, it. Well, what is China doing? Is it corporate espionage? Are you just stealing other people's hard work? And he's like, No, we've spent the last thirty years like developing our economy and our economic capacities, while you guys pissed it away on fucking bullshit in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yep. And he's like. Fucking facts, bro. Mic drop. Fucking mic drop. Because it's absolutely fucking. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. And you know the other thing we talk about, but go back to fusion. But like, yeah. and you, we talk about wasting energy on war, right? And my go-to example is like, okay, we have limit. Like, 
we're never going to have limitless. That's just, yeah, like, that's yeah. not how, no, it's impossible. We live on a planet. There is, physics, there's yeah. no, uh, end. there's not even an end of the universe technically. Like, right. Like, uh, or it's not even infinite, right? Like there is a, enough finite end to it. So nothing is forever. Yeah. Um, except death and taxes. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, my point being is that like, so we talked about energy efficiency and now we're talking about producing energy and the difficulty yes. of it and then employing yes. it for useful purposes, not for war, but for you, for in your yes. case, scientific I don't, exploration, I would say yes. like health and dignity and quality of life. Those and are I'm very, sure those are all science that. related. Yeah. They're all science right. related. I mean, yeah. Dignity and quality of life don't require much science. We just, mm. it's more of like a social structural thing, but uh, I mean, you can, scientific. <laughs> I mean, but yes, scientific advancements can help us. But like, my point is, is like, okay, cool. So we find a way to make nuclear uh, waste less of a problem. Yeah. Do we really want to use a finite uranium as a finite? Resource? It is finite. Yeah, we yeah. did not do the how it's made clip. Uh, but are we going to put one, that one in the show notes? Uh, it is in the show notes. It's already in okay, the show yeah. notes. But how basically, it's how made, it's wasteful. It does yeah? It just it's a very it's subsidized by fossil fuels. Yeah. All those robots that they use for mining uranium, if they're underground in a lake and they have to fucking yeah, freeze somebody everything, dug down there to get there. Yeah. It's a really complicated, really energy and really resource intensive process. Yeah. And my point is, okay, if we're going to do that, do we really need like the next flashy billboard in Times Square? Do we really need that? Do we need all of these like kiosks outside the school that have like an advertisement for the dentist that gave to the football team and then the Ooh, time and temperature? Do we really need to spend energy on that shit? And I think that that's the thing about like, endless energy we keep lights because we don't want to be forced to be like how should we use energy we just want want more and more and more of it and we're gonna you know we talk we the whole theme of the show is is to kind of talk about these (laughs) grappling with these things of how do we just accept that like things aren't going to continuously endlessly improve well and and how do we find go ahead i was gonna say i think that is ultimately you know the question that we ask with our channel is like at the end of American empire, like how, how do you cope with the lack of infinite energy, which is the, the, the lie, the lie we've been promised really is right. what it boils down to. Right. And so some of these things, I think we should be innovating in this. I, I mean, uh, I've been a member of the green party for a long while and been involved with the party um, at periods in my life. Um, until I burn out and then I retreat and then eventually I'll find my way back for a year and then burn myself out. Anyway, this is not a critique of the Green Party. But one of the things that um, our presidential candidate said in uh, 2016 was like, we need like a World War II scale effort that would include weatherizing houses and installing geothermal heat pumps and building new housing that adopts principles like passive it's it's literally just modernizing america right exactly and i want to modernize also all of it massive in like manhattan project level investments in technologies yeah. and the beautiful thing is is that we might be like hey we're in 30 billion dollars deep and we are no closer do you want to keep spending money hmm. yeah and, and this other what... thing came up let's shift that funding to something that might be better and that's right? what gets me is, like is, the mushroom or hempcrete stuff or like well it's it's just all the cost with none of the results and we're okay to accept it because i guess there's wars and we fight in america 
Like, I don't, I don't get what the advantage is from people. I, Strategic control of resources. Like, it is still about, like... But they're not going to come to us. I don't get any of those fucking resources. They don't come to us. I mean, yeah, they do eventually. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I get... May, hey, maybe, maybe this is where you're right. My temperature is seven degrees cooler than yours. Uh, so let's, uh, do you have another part of this fusion clip? Because we can So many clips. So many. Are we going to get to them all? No, Cause... not at all. Okay. It's okay. Ready? Go. Focuses on just the Q ratio for the plasma reaction itself. Once we hit that, the focus will shift towards overall power gain. In 2025, the massive international fusion project that's known as ITER is supposed to start producing super hot plasma with a Q greater than 10 in France. Mm. Now, even though the project was born in the 1980s, Construction of the tokamak only started in 2007. Once it's complete, ITER will be the world's largest fusion rig, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Due to its size and its scope, it's taking a long time and tens of billions of dollars to build. Plus, it's designed to be a testing facility and not a working reactor. And it won't reach full operation until 2035. So even if it's 100% successful, we still need to then go through the whole process of building up the final working reactor design. I know that sounds a lot like we're still 30 years away from having a fully operational fusion reactor, but there has been some electrifying breakthroughs recently from smaller and more nimble approaches like what Dr. Greenwald has been working on. And one of the biggest challenges with MCF fusion reactors is the incredible magnetic field that they have to generate to contain the plasma. Massive magnets ringing the rig or the donut create an intense magnetic field. This invisible bubble traps the blisteringly hot electrically charged slurry in mid-air near the center of the reactor. Being kept away from the rig walls, the plasma won't melt them. And just this September, we found out that 2021 is going out with a nuclear fusion bang. But before getting to this big piece of fusion... Bo... No, I'm just kidding. The fans didn't get that. The fans subscribe. didn't get that. Uh... The fans didn't? No, no. All one of them. I cut it off before before we got to before that. So the ad. Yes, but we don't need to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, so yeah, that so that is kind of what I was thinking because I had heard that there was like some things that were happening that were it looked promising. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. I'd rather do. You, I mean, do you know what the development like? I forget the class. What's the class of fucking the new class of aircraft carrier that they haven't even like fielded one unit yet? Uh, the last I heard of was Reagan, and I refuse to pay attention anymore because I don't give a shit. Because you don't give a shit? Yeah. Fucking keeping the CBs at work, you know? No, no, no. I don't. What, Huge what, industries, massive cities I, just dedicated to building warships. Okay, okay. So what are you... No, I'm just so kidding. What are you saying? Are, are, are you saying that I should absolutely give a shit about, you know... No, all, all no, no, no. I'm just saying that, like, um, Or, like, the F-35. Like, by the time they finish just the R&D portion... Yeah. And they field like a couple squadrons of units. It's like they give up on it a lot trillion times. dollars or some yeah. shit like and that. And a lot of times they just give up on the whole project. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, not in the not in the military. The, uh, they, they, no, no. They absolutely no, they absolutely would just like wash the whole thing, make a new one. It's okay because we have this old one. Right. The, la the last one I heard about uh in terms of uh aircraft carriers was the Reagan class. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? But those those things cost like, you know, billions of dollars a piece, and that's to field a unit, right? Like, yeah. And then, but it's like, 
oh, well, we need a new class of aircraft carrier because China bought an aircraft carrier. It's like China bought a single aircraft carrier. So we're going to make fucking the old Soviet version. Mm -hmm. They bought it used and they're, and what I read at the time, and this was like almost 10 fucking years ago now. Yeah. But like what I read at the time is like the Chinese military was like recruiting from like other places, the technical team to come and train their people. Like, because they like got, they're like, cool, we have this thing, but like, we're not trained on it. No one is trained to like fix it. Or right. It. Understand it even necessarily. Yeah. And, and just basic very... stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like, why do we need, my point was, is that they said, oh, it's $30 billion. And then we haven't really even got anywhere. It's like, right. But like, we've spent like 30 billion compared to like 3 trillion if i'm yeah. not mistaken it's like a factor of 100 it's literally right? a magnitude is what you're looking for is right exactly so like yeah. 30 billion is a lot of resources i would see 30 yeah. billion to weatherize schools and but, houses and public housing but literally 3 trillion is only 10 times as much but we literally cannot comprehend 3 trillion right but i mean we can comprehend it it's called how much we spend on just a few weapons platforms in the united no, states military but nobody understands those numbers man people don't <laughs> get what trillion is for, like it's a thousand billion i thought yeah there are so okay. many videos on the internet that try to explain the difference between a, like a hundred billion and a trillion like literally just a thousand times or sorry ten times and then they try to explain like a hundred times a thousand times a million times and they're like this is literally the frame that you will live your life in ever you might be someone who retires with one million dollars and they try to relate a million to a trillion and people just lose their fucking mind it's like i could literally buy an island i could buy everything that my family has ever wanted you know you could buy a private jet you start well, hanging out with Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald mm -hmm. Trump. Who do they know that I might want to know? What are you talking? I don't understand. Oh, shh, 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 shh. Anyway. He monetized. <laughs> Where he totally killed himself. We're never, 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 never. <laughs> we were never monetized. Oh, that's true. I think you have yeah. to have a certain like level of subscription in watching people. So what you're saying is, uh, fuck the government. Capitalism sucks. Epstein didn't kill himself, and uh, uh, y'all can fuck yourselves. All right, all right. You have a good night. I think we're no, not sorry. monetized anyway. Um, let us finish this up because I am hungry and I do so have some many. homework. Oh, I'm not hungry at all, man. You got to adjust your schedule. <laughs> Let's do. I'm also dieting, so. Oh. I'm fucking hungry all the time. <laughs> but my bra size went down and fucking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My bra size went down a level. No, I'm just kidding. Breeder reactors. I'm doing it. Do it. Um. Do you have an issue?
There we go. Yeah. That was awesome. No, it was terrible. Oh, what's terrible? Oh, the waste. The weight, all the waste. It's terrible. Okay. So summarize what he said for me. No, sir. No, I refuse. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, you know, thorium and the future of nuclear energy. Yeah, what is thor? Thorium is just an element, right? Where in the yes. periodic table is that? What's its atomic weight? Like, is it in the fucking breakout section at the bottom? It, it's in the breakout section okay. at the bottom. It's about two to the left of. Uh, I don't even know exactly where it is. So it's a heavier element. You, you didn't need to know. Oh, uh, you no, did ask, didn't it, I? It, you did. It's <laughs> dick. I don't need to know. <laughs> fucking tell me, Fuck, man. I'm, a, I'm like seventy five percent of the way there. I asked. About I'm an actinium. And I asked if it was in the little section at the bottom. I sounded smart for a fucking second, and then you fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, man. I I, I don't even know if we're live at this point. Uh, Let me check. Uh, I got eyeballs at the top. It says on air. Okay, good. I'm good with that. All right. So anyway, yeah. So this bro, he's over here, and he's talking about uh, thorium, and he's basically saying that on its own, it ain't nuclear. It's not going to be radioactive, and, but but you know if you activate it with neutrons, it becomes radioactive, and it goes ahead and it becomes several different um, several different elements, and that is ultimately what happens with nuclear uh, uh, or elements is they change, they change all around. They are transuranic. That's right. They are trans, man. They are all over the place. They're beyond uranium. And so when you hit thorium with any number of neutrons, it basically just splits off and it becomes uh, uranium, plutonium, any number of very uh, radioactive uh, materials, but it limits itself to like a 300-year um I think it's 300 yeah yeah well it limits or limits itself to a 300 year half-life and so you end up with a reactor that generates power and leaves you with a very quickly decaying waste and the thing is you know that that's really good like you're going to end up just being able to store that on site and the biggest worry is that a lot of the things that thorium makes can be weaponized. Mm, yeah. And, well, and that was what, well, Hey man, that was why like America was just like, Oh yeah. You know, we don't want to allow, you know, this country and that country to have these sorts of reactors because they can make nuclear weapons from it. So like, that's why thorium suffers is it can be used to breed weapons grade, uh, radioactive materials. Yeah. <clears throat> That's fucking wild, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know that there was a lot of protest against it, nuclear and stuff. Um, I know that there were a lot of, like, a lot of veteran political organizers in the spaces I'm in. That's where they got most of their organizing experience. I've never been too concerned about it, but, like, Obviously, like, partly because, like, they succeeded in many ways. Um, I know, like, San Onofre, like, has a problem with their waste. 
um, piling up. And also the fact that like, it's built like a city basically built up around it. And it's like, maybe we should locate dangerous things like this a bit further, you know, from uh, population centers, which seems to be, even if they're not particularly dangerous, like seems to be like a good idea. Like imagine if that fucking uh, we were talking about Chernobyl like a number of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if that wasn't like you didn't have to jump on a train to go to the reactor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it was like right in the middle of a fucking major city, like that could have been really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really bad. It could have been a lot worse. Surprisingly, like you know, Russia, yeah, you know, the, the former Soviet Union did a pretty good job of like planting it remotely. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like they were thinking about it. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they were. I mean, in the United States, I think most of the reactors are, like, in fairly populated areas. Yeah. Um, but at then, the same time, all of our disposal units are far away from there and weren't really discussed or decided upon before placing them. Like, yeah. America has done a ridiculously bad job of storing waste. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Businesses are like, oh, well, you want to ban my plastic bags? And then they do this grass or AstroTurf bullshit where they get these fucking people mad. Oh, nanny state wants to tell you what kind of bag you can use. But then they're like, and the plastic bag manufacturers are like, oh, no, no, fuck no. We don't, we're not going to pay for disposal. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to pay for landfills. We just want to be able to make bags and you pay for the landfills. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so it's just going to always be, you know, a struggle, right, between wealthy interests and public interest, I guess. Um, even though politicians mostly serve corporations, like there are those kind of token gestures they use because they can totally fuck us over on like not giving us health care or cutting funding from education or all these things. They can get away with that if we get some red meat like, oh, we're going to fucking ban chicken cages or whatever other fucking bullshit yeah, state yeah. of California does. I mean, I don't want to say that's bullshit. We no, have it's... the highest animal welfare standards. Yeah, yeah. One of the highest yeah. in the fucking world, like higher than a lot of Europe, European uh, countries. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I produce animals on my property, but like, I don't do it commercially and there's not the pressure of mm. performance as there is in a commercial operation. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to ever treat my animals that way anyway. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Um, the, you know, I have an ethical issue with that. Um, um, but you know, <laughs> I understand complaining about regulation. I guess yeah, yeah. is the moral of the story. But like, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. At the same time, like, there are sometimes public welfare things that need to happen, and one of those might be proper disposal of nuclear waste. Whether it's like, I do agree though with the idea that like the threat is like generally way overstated oh yeah 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 um, I, I, I would recommend anybody who anyone who wants to get a little bit more about nuclear power go ahead and visit uh kyle hill on youtube he does a great series where he talks about uh nuclear energy and the times it's failed us and how they're not as bad as you might think yeah And so we get to this point where it's like, okay, cool. Like, obviously, there's a lot of, like, fossil fuel subsidies that go into nuclear. way too many, yeah. There's also the whole, like, like that energy is not portable except as electricity. 
Um, right. We we didn't get a chance to get there. I had so much more lined up. We didn't make. Yeah. Let's just briefly touch on some of the subjects and and refer everybody to the description down below. And while <laughs> you're down there, click like and subscribe. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up. I'm gonna have to add Let it. Let us beat the algorithm. Damn it. We don't own it. Um, so I had uh, some PBS Space Time with Michael Dowd. I was talking about how there were a lot of misunderstandings about nuclear power. We already spoke about a few of those, but also that there were uh, downsides to the modern way of running it, which is just you know, running it as a slow nuclear reactor and how you wanted to minimize the amount of waste fuel by running a fast nuclear reactor. Go ahead and watch it. It, it is great. Um, but then how... Thorium is not by itself a nuclear, uh, you know, thing, and you can absolutely breed it and make it into a nuclear fuel, and um, that leads to thorium uh, reactors and molten salt storages, and then you end up with uh, the idea that these things are very portable. You don't necessarily need to have mm. a massive plant and you can move it around. There's actually yeah. been some research into moving it around like a taco truck, you know, where you're just like, okay, we put it on here. We go from town to town. And we yeah, and I guess what I was going to say is that one of the things that a lot of these can't do, we mentioned it with the water, right? Mm -hmm. like, you kind of got to live somewhere where there's water, but where there is water, we should be using this more than we are. Right. 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 Um. And, and similarly, like with the uh, fission reactors and stuff like that, um, like the, why oil is so fucking important is because it's energy density, number one. And number two, Transport. it's portability. Yeah, yeah. We can put it in our fucking gas tank or we can fill a few jerry cans and put them yeah. in the back of our car and drive and then fill it back up. Well, and and, 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 and it's like, too easy to say you can't put the sun in your pocket. Right. And like with nuclear power, like also there's a lot of industrial processes like yes. that require massive amounts of heat. Mm -hmm. And you can get heat from electricity, right? Like that's what arc welding is, right? Like, but the point is, is that like every transformation, there's a lot of losses. And so rather than just burning the fossil fuel to produce electricity or for heat, and then uh, using systems to capture the waste heat and co-generate yeah. electricity through waste heat from industrial processes in nuclear, you're having the fission reaction Yes. and you're doing the steam and it's turning the turbine it's making electricity and I mean, I'm sure there's ways to utilize waste heat in that situation but largely like once it's electricity like it has a limited uses which is yes. why they keep well, talking about electric cars and shit is because they think that we'll eventually get to the point where then we can electricity is abundant enough we can put it in our car and go far enough but i'm cutting you off go ahead man no you're absolutely right it does add absolutely take uh almost an infinite supply of electricity and regardless of how that electricity is produced that is the ultimate end need like too often we talk about fucking solar we talk about wind we talk about whatever who who, who the fuck gives a shit it's an end to a means and the means is electricity electricity powers our computers it can powers our phones and ultimately it can power our cars and that's what we fucking need is electricity. I don't give a shit about how it's produced. Like, I want it. 
I need right, it. except we don't just need electricity, though, man. We do, though. We do. No, because what I'm saying is that you can't build a fucking electric car without fossil fuels, and electricity can't. I'm do saying, that work. I'm saying that. Show you, me the electric-powered you... mining equipment that goes and crushes rock and heats it up. Show Dude, me all that your... being automated or electric. So I, electric, so I think what you're powered saying, powered by the sun, and I'll believe you. So I think what you're saying is currently we rely on on previously solar power aka fossil fuels right. to run what stored we stored solar energy yeah to run the only the mines. true battery by the to, way to run the mine no it no no not the only true battery you're saying that we rely upon that to run the mines well guess what man when the fucking fossil is gone we're still going to generate electricity via solar panels and we're going to use it to charge batteries to run mines like until it but is that's what i'm saying so how do you like show me the Show me where the Coke plant is run on electric arcs. No, I no, I'm not I'm not gonna say that because it isn't. It's a terrible thing. Like there's no reason to believe that people that are, you know, hooked on fossil fuels will suddenly find a different way to use fossil fuels and do it well and you know, up you know, make it so that people are taken care of. That ain't happening. Like all I'm saying is like you can bypass them. All fossil fuel is is stored solar energy. If you can bypass that storage that that million year storage period by storing it in batteries, no matter what form they take, molten salts or you know a regular lithium ions, I'm saying right. you can use that in order to make your life better or at least keep it where it is. And that's all we're aiming for right now is to keep life where it is. I I. I... I simply I come from a school of thought where that is not you not can't keep possible. it where it is. Yeah. No, because you're like, no, well, I understand. Just take I understand. Sun and put it in batteries, but those batteries come from materials, and and we didn't get a clip on here. Those Maybe materials are limited. To talk about this about lithium mining and like I've how got fucking, it. That's all fossil energies that go into producing the lithium, and so show me. Could like, we not mine minerals by pure manpower? Yeah, we did. It was called fucking slavery, bro. No, and, I get it. And but I I'm agree saying with you. Like... The end of fossil fuels is already seeing a resurgence of slavery. And that's because fossil fuels, I mean, it's fairly controversial. Yeah. I would hope not too controversial to say it wasn't because people just decided that they were moral or that, oh, <laughs> treating like... humans as, you know, it, using humans as slave labor is wrong. No, no. But capitalism what... was more convenient than, than fucking slavery well i mean and also that was the time fossil energy like slavery was abolished yeah for in most places of the globe right yeah abolished or shifted to prison labor right yeah 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 in most well, not only uh, that, places but other in the countries. world yeah when around the industrial revolution yeah. because like you were mentioned earlier they were using peat and they were using uh coal yeah. and they were powering steam-powered machines to do work and now all of a sudden you didn't need human labor yeah and so um yeah you're I, right my I, only argument is that you can keep it that way with like a little bit of effort a little bit of science and just being less of a dick to your fellow man right but i'm just saying like did you said did we ever get this stuff before like fossil fuels mm, and the answer mm, is mm, yes yes we used yeah. fucking slaves yeah, yeah, yeah and so we have to we have a moral decision okay. i'm along the morality that i would rather not have certain industrial conveniences yeah. than condemn people to a life of hard work and servitude what however okay 
please, please. go ahead. No, no, mine, mine's way less important. <laughs> please go on. No, 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 no. I think we're past time anyway. Yeah, yeah, we um, are. But I mean, that's good. You know, I'm just, it's, that's one of the reasons that we said, hey, dude, let's fucking do a podcast. Yeah. So yeah. We can, like, <laughs> sit here and fucking hash this shit out because it's a real goddamn question. No, it really is. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm open to having mind change. How do like... you do this <laughs> without fossil fuels? And in my thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't. And what we do use, like, I, I like that part we're discussing, don't waste it on the military, don't waste it on flashy billboards yeah, yeah, yeah. in Times Square. Like, there has to be, like, because we're going to have to, we're going to burn fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, no, no. In it's any environmentalist. Happening fucking now. 100% green. Is no, a, bullshit. Is a straight fucking fantasy. In what think, period of time are you talking about? 100% yeah. green. I mean, like, in 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, it wasn't a real question. I was saying, like, that's bullshit. In what period of time are you talking about? Yeah. Right. Yes. And I'm of the thinking that it's, like, the best thing that we could do right now is to reduce our energy consumption, which is why efficiency isn't so important to me. Mm. And um, also start to, you know, and also why I grow my own food and all that other shit. Like, Mm -hmm. some of it's, like, for quality, but, like, I'm not a fucking health nut. Like, people are like, I grow my own food because, like, it has more nutrition than store, but that's true. And that's a good benefit to me, but I smoke two packs a day and drink like a fucking fish. Like <laughs> it, it's, I'm not growing my own food for my fucking health. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so at any rate, like, I, do, I do it for my own personal resiliency and I do it because I feel ethically like I should Obliged. attempt to uh, provide you know, uh, the conditions for the n- nature or the earth to provide for me what I need in my yes, daily yes. life. So mm-hmm. at any rate, um, and I'm doing that because at the end of Empire, oh Liberty Dies. With thunderous <laughs> applause. All right, yes. man. I'm sorry we didn't get to those clips. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll debrief after this and, and we'll have a conversation about tightening it up. We, I enjoyed the we, conversation nonetheless, though. I thought it was. Pretty oh, good. yes. Yes. Well, I th- I think we've got plenty to go on for uh, like a, another two episodes. Part three. <laughs> so. Energy part three. Energy part three. Electric boogaloo. Wait, no. And this is, dude, I've been obsessing about this. Sh- I mean, I know we just did our sign off, but like yeah. I've been fucking like down this rabbit hole and it's been like fundamental in me making decisions like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why would I have chickens and like, you know, pigs and vegetable gardens and all that other stuff like all of that is informed by being like holy fuck our entire society like is dependent on fossil fuels and even if climate change wasn't a thing like fossil fuels are not forever but with climate change in the mix we need to get off fossil fuels early yeah most and that's the thing people don't understand is like you it's done it's done just accept that it's done and move on with your life what climate change yeah well I'm not saying it's not going to get any worse. I'm simply saying that it's over with. You don't have a chance to avoid it. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. You're, yeah. There's not like oh, we need to do this so they no. Can you're avoid in the middle. It. No, you're it's already in the fucking, fucking middle happening. of it. Yeah, you're in the fucking middle of it, and just accept I, that. And let's do what we can to exactly. live with we that. Should, we should do next episode is going to be nothing but destroying the bright green lies and just because oh. I consider myself an environmentalist. Like yeah, I, I'm. I've been arrested, protesting, etc., so forth. Nonviolent direct action. I, you know, whatever. Should we have a, should we have a James Prigioni? Should we what? Should we have James Prigioni right at the beginning and then be shit all over? 
I don't know. We'll have to talk about it offline, but maybe we should do that. Yeah, there's a, a, a big misunderstanding among people about like what the proper path forward is. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that boostering where it's like there's oh. a lot of the idea that like oh the way things have been you follow all the rules and everything's gonna go just great and it's like yeah yeah it's like when is fucking following protests, the rules ever done anything one of the big protests i was at in dc and no no no, i'm gonna save this story go i'm gonna go eat dinner and then huh? fucking do what i need to do yeah, yeah. i'll save the story Tell remind me of the stupid the solar panel signs if i forget stupid ass solar panel signs next episode all right all right peace, peace y'all take it easy later bye-bye <laughs>